season four <clears throat> September podcast with the 50th regular podcast. Go Dave Tom. Hello. This is very special internet person who stumbled across this podcast because this podcast is the 50th one that we've done. It means nothing to anyone except for us. So we're celebrating. Celebrate with me, Toby. There'll be a huge crowd sound and like lots yeah. of stuff that will happen. It sounds so great. It'll be like fireworks. And in order to make this special for you, the listener, whether you're accidental or habitual, we have a special guest, Gordon Keith of KTCK Sports Radio 1310 and 96.7 FM the ticket fame. Did I say the ticket twice? I don't care. It doesn't matter. Because he is super famous and he's a super close friend of mine and an acquaintance of Toby's, but he's not as famous as Toby. And he is going to join us for this pod. Can't wait for you to be entertained by his wit and his stories and his musical knowledge of the very underappreciated and extremely talented band XTC. We're doing a deep dive this month on XTC. Can't believe we've never played them before. It's amazing. So stay tuned for that. Before we get to all of the content and the Gordon Keith audio that you're so interested in listening mm -hmm. to, mm -hmm. two things I want to tell you about. One. One is our album of the month promotion. We have a vinyl sponsor. They are positivespin.com, positive with a Z. Go to positivespin.com and they have a banner at the top of their homepage. With us on it? It says HTWOW album of the month. It's ridiculous. You can click on that banner. Click it. And you can give them an email address and you can register to win a free copy of the HTWOW yeah. Vinyl album of the month. Yeah, we're talking. And this month it is maybe the most popular XTC album of them all. I know. And the one you have the hardest time saying. So let me, let me let's see if I can it say right. it. Let's do it right. Oranges and lemons. God. Man, you, I nailed it just then. Yeah, but you haven't said it right all day. I know. Stay tuned to see how much I butcher that name of the album. But... Please go to positivespin.com, spend all your money there, all of your disposable income buying vinyl records, and also register to win a copy of the album of the month. Also, something that we haven't mentioned in a long time, just want to throw this out there. Throw it. If you want to drop us a review, would really help us out. We are super close to 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. Mm -hmm. So if you go on there, pound out a five-star review, write some words. Mainly mention me. Mainly say how sexy T is and how you love hearing his voice. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, that everything that he picks really Wins. vibes with you and makes you feel alive inside. Right. Say all those things and then press enter Enter. And then it will go up on the internet for everyone to see. And everyone will know that we have a great podcast because of your words and your stars that you assign to It'll the podcast. It'll be on the intranet. It'll be on the internet forever. And maybe we'll even read it on the pod. And if it's awesome enough, 
Yes. Maybe I will track you down and personally give you a free vinyl from Positive Spin. I don't know. That's messed up. I don't know. I don't even I don't know, even know how do. this works. I'm just throwing it out there on the fly. I can't believe we're even here. So give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and just see what happens. Your life is going to change. <laughs> it's going to change, man. Man. You don't even know. Man. Today is a new day. Stay tuned. <laughs> wow and speaking of that and their hmm, their, interesting. Uh, their top uh charting album dave, dave can't spot a segue no that he just it. can't spot it <laughs> their top charting album was the song or the the album that that Are song you okay? is from if you quit kicking me in the nuts i could be fine <laughs> Together, 
we bring you a monthly podcast that is a song swap and a beer swap. We uh, play some songs and we drink some brews. And uh, we hope that you listen and enjoy yourself. This bass, when it starts over, is so weird. It always goes a little bit longer than I think it does. And that other strange voice to some of you, but very familiar and soothing and exciting to most of you, <laughs> is Gordon Keith. Yes. At thank Gordon you. Keith Woo! on Twitter. Mm-hmm. World famous broadcaster, author, writer, so very famous. Podcaster, musician, cultural icon. All of those things. He's running out of steam. (laughs) I feel like I am splatting. (laughs) You might want to bring me down just a smidge. You're fine. Uh, Yes, so because this is... Although these RE20s are supposed to be darn near splat-proof. They don't have the proximity effect. I ended up getting these for Dave. Cause man, he really? Because he's loud. He can project. Mm-hmm. It, there's something to it, and they're the they're the radio standard. That's true. They are. Mm-hmm. I love these things. I know. I do too. They're yes. so donkey phallus, but they're so good. They are donkey phallus. It makes me comfortable <laughs> talking into a donkey phallus. <laughs> yeah. So because I watch you do a donkey show. Yes, because this is episode oh, fifty. Still in the intro. Sorry. Because this is episode fifty, we wanted to do something special, and uh, because most of the people who listen to this pod now we've gained listeners worldwide that listen for our cute personalities in the. <laughs> Sweet music that we play. Um, I feel like he used that voice for me. But why does he go into that voice all the time? He just does. It's his go-to. It's the donkey fellas. But, but most people who listen to this program are familiar with work that I have done on the ticket, the sports radio station in Dallas. And whereas I am a mere bit player in the fantastic and decorated history of the ticket. Are you going to edit out all these pauses between words? No, no. Okay. I. This is my show. You okay. don't talk well, You don't until... need punctuation after every I'm, single I word. I make them longer. But Start pe- at the beginning. But people who listen to the ticket, who barely know who I am, definitely know who Gordon is because Gordon is one of the gentle musers mm-hmm. along with uh, Craig Miller and George yeah, Dunham. they're not so important. You can skip their names. Yeah. I mean, you... Let's keep it on me. You do the segments that everyone wants to hear, the Observation Deck, Muse in the News, Gordo's Corner, the 840 Bit, the best parts of the show, all you. Thank you. And we could, think of, we, we could think of no better way to boost listenership of our little podcast than having a megastar on our 50th episode. Thank you. And so we are broadcasting from my house in HTWOW Studios, Dallas. This is your first time visiting my home. It my, is. My most recent home. And I thought we were good friends, and this is the first time I've actually uh, been in your home, your new home. No, I've never been in your home, so it shows what good friends we You've are. You've been in my home. When was the last home home you were in? The one down here? The one that, the one that you let me live in after you moved out? Oh, yes. <laughs> That's right. I Gosh. love that home. Yeah, that was a great home. 
What's the difference should between be a house? home and yeah. a house? Like, I love that house, but do people say I love it that It was a house home. because it was not a home. There was not furniture in every room, and it was not decorated. Oh, lived in makes it a home. Yeah, I think lived in and probably kids make it a home. There has to be love in a house for it to be a home. Yeah, and there, when was, Dave a, there, there was not love in that house. That's there. one of those cursive yes. on-the-wall things. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know, yeah, we had Michaels. we had uh, he Toby was at many a football watching party at your former home uh-huh. that was my house. Yeah, we're not too far from it here. No, I mean, no, mm-mm. I could throw, the same I could, neighborhood. I could throw a football into the backyard from here. Mm-hmm. Whose um, fire pit was that? Oh, the chimney. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That. Chimenea. Was that yours? No, 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 no. That was no. As a matter of fact, that was against his renter's policy, and this is the first I'm hearing. Let me of tell it. you, it the rocket fuel that was shot out of the top of that thing. Oh no, it was not good. Yeah, I think it was a hand me down. I think I got it from our friend Robin, and then when I moved out, it became property of our friend Craig, and it's still in Craig's that backyard. Still is alive. That's the same one. Yeah, but yeah. It, but we we it would look like a jet engine. Yeah, sometime. we would. We would. <laughs> it was one of those. Uh, Clay chimeneas, you know, with the the fat belly and then the the pipe concentrates up the pipe. And so we would pack it so full of kindling and wood (laughs) that it would fire out the top like like a Saturn rocket. rocket. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) so dangerous. At some point, it did get so hot that the clay kind of cracked a little bit at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Was Mm. it a fish face? No, it's just a plain old terracotta. Oh, okay. You know. I don't know what I'm thinking hey guys. about. Hey, guys. So hey, what, uh, and didn't I rent that place to you, like, really cheap? Like $1,200. Oh, my gosh. God, that place was so amazing. Yeah. I love that. Where was, what street is that? It was on, uh, it was on a nearby street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very nearby. Yeah. Why, no, you don't have it anymore. Who cares? Well, who knows? You know, but people can who go knows? back through property records. I and, know it's like a, you know, beautiful mind where Gordon lives now, and we just don't want that. Damn internet! <laughs> damn internet! But yeah, and that place uh, sold recently for a lot of money. Like oh, the people yeah. who got it after me, they added on to it and like made it a yeah. When you got it, it was a dump. Yeah, I should have torn the place down. It had different colored shag carpeting in every room. In every room. So you went in it before I... I think I saw pictures. I don't think I walked it when you got it. Oh, gosh. That was one of the first ones around here that when you walked in, I was like, this place is nice. Yeah, we made it nice. I mean, it was, uh, you know, I think we did a good job on it. It was nice. Yeah, it was solid and it was period appropriate. Right. And then the people that bought it, I don't know if it was the people that bought it directly after you. I think it was. But the people that just sold it, they added, uh, they bumped it out the back and added a, a bigger kitchen mm-hmm. and a bigger living area and then a full master suite. God, yeah, the kitchen was, was pretty was big next already. Level. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was a pretty decent sized kitchen. Yeah, it was like they sold it for like 1.2 or something. Oh, God. That was crazy. Don't tell me that. I threw up so many times in that house. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's I threw it. up in the driveway and all Did over the kitchen. <laughs> Don't you remember that? When I passed out at my birthday party at the Dubliner. Oh, yeah. And you, had, you had to take care of me. How old were you? I don't remember. Oh, man. Too old. Just Good turned times. 40. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that was a great, great place. I miss that place. I miss this area. That was the best time of my life. Really? Oh, yeah. Before we devolve too much further, I do want to spiff two sponsors really quick. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is our vinyl sponsor. Give them a crafty. 
<laughs> positivespin.com, positive with a Z. Uh, and they have a fantastic promotion with us, mm -hmm. the HTWOW Album of the Month. Yeah. So you can win a free vinyl copy of the HTWOW Album of the Month. And the Album of the Month this month is XTC's Oranges and Lemons. Whoa, are you serious? Because... I'm like a huge XTC fan. Well, that's, right. that's, that's why we played XTC uh -huh. off the top. We played Mayor of Simpleton, which was the big hit off of Oranges and Lemonsins. And so you can win a copy of XTC Oranges and Lemonsins from PositiveSpin.com. Just uh, go to the website and click the banner at the top that says H2Wow Album of the Month and give them an email address. And uh, the other sponsor that we want to talk about is uh, Good Friend Package, 1155 PV Avenue in uh, the Casa Linda, East Dallas area. They are our beer sponsor. Um, I'm a big fan of PV too. I did not. Uh, <laughs> Me too. I did not hook up. Um, with Matt today. I texted him yesterday and I didn't hear back. I figured he was busy. So I just handled the beers on my own, but I still want to give them a little bit of love. His beard is better than y'all's beards. Yes. Really? His beard. It's amazing. His beard is an epic beard. Mm. And uh, he How is, long does he have to be before it gets epic? He's a fine man. It's like, like I, you, you barely have one right now. Yeah, I know because I knocked it all the way down. How's mine doing? I don't even see. Have you it. ever had a beard? I can't grow a beard. Oh, really? I'm. We'll keep you in our fourteen prayers. forever. <laughs> you do look fourteen forever. You're like eternally young. He looks exactly like he <laughs> did when I met him, whatever twenty years ago. There's good things uh -huh. and bad things. Uh -huh. People don't really take me seriously. So we, we drink two beers on the pod. <laughs> uh -huh. Sorry, I'm just trying to get stuff Dave out of the way. Dave does just kind of move on. Lord, okay. I'm trying to get stuff out of the Because I thought way. for sure right. we were going to start talking about PV for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, we had a whole thing on PV we were going to talk on about. amps? Amps, about guitars, and everything. I just took in, like, <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not exaggerating. I think maybe 30 amps into Archie's guitars. PV amps. Old classic PV amps. 30 PV amps. So if you want some classic consignment made in America, yeah. Why did you do that? Because I had like collected all these PV amps over the years, and I, I thought need you were them. into typewriters. You're into amps. Now? I still have typewriters. I'm about Man, to get rid of all those too. I really wish you would have told me about that. Really? What you looking for? Well, you know that I have take like, this offline, guys. I like <laughs> I like collected every one of them almost. Everyone they almost everyone they made from all the different generations of amps, all made in America. Well, you, you know they uh, well Todd used to play through those TNTs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those sound amazing, yeah. but the uh, the one that you know the Cure used to use a ton of PV stuff. Did they? What's the one combo that's like a Fender concert? Just has like the one twelve in it. <sighs> well, there's a there's a two twelve. Yeah, there's a two twelve, and then was it a tube amp or a non tube amp? Non tube. Okay, so solid state with one twelve. <laughs> Dave, come on, we're talking PV. We got Bandits. We got special one thirties. That they made. The There's first the... beer that we're drinking okay, is geez. from Lagunitas, the famous California brewery. This is called Super Cluster. Not Grape Cluster, but Super Cluster. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. It is bring that up every time. a citrus-hopped uh, mega IPA. What makes it? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it's. I think it's like an 8.5. So it's a, it's a good start So you're for not going to read what it says under that? I, I can't read it because it's too dark in it here. Says, <laughs> it says of intergalactic proportions. Oh, yeah. Oh, it that's nice. It, like the, the super cluster logo kind of looks a little flash. It's like a combination of Flash Gordon and Star Wars a little bit. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, that looks cool. I like the graphics on that. Yeah. I like that you can't see in the dark either. I know. Remember my grandfather. My have, grandfather always complained there wasn't enough light. I can't see the how. Oh, it's Toby too. Look at the top there uh-huh. when they do the silver on the white. Yeah. Oh yeah, turn that thing on. I want to see how much. God, this is even still. That's delicious, bro. Did you see how much they? I, I like to know what they're giving me here. Yeah, you don't want to get hammered within the first 15 minutes before he even gets out of the sponsors. It's happened before. Okay, they, they didn't put it on here. It's I swear. Oh, it, maybe why it's on am the, I here? Maybe it's on the box. I, th- I swear it's like an 8.5. So anyway. I can't talk about PV, but you can sit here and read beer content. Yeah, because so, it's our pod. Okay. Jeez. We asked Gordon because this is ostensibly a music pod, even though we talk a bunch of crap You're and not drink saving beer. that much time by saying pod and it just sounds so haughty to me it's i i mean i listen to a listen, music listen. podcast i listen to uh several different podcasts and no one calls them pods i got that from him he started calling it a pod and you're gonna take I, it from him he's 14 yeah and that's i'm true. fancy that's true <laughs> he's I a think fancy I saw, lad i think i saw it on his tiktok mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm super famous and fancy that's true um <laughs> But do, because he, do you have an active TikTok? Like, are you big into it? I've never done a TikTok. Oh, we can do one tonight. Y'all want to? No. Should we start? I think TikTok I have a things? TikTok account. We my, have an HTML TikTok account. And never did anything with it. Really? We have as, one. Yeah, I, I I signed up, and then when I found out that China was stealing all of my data, I deleted it. Yeah, but now they don't. But yeah, they now it's been sold. I just I don't, said, know. I don't know. Have they sold it? I think they sold it to a U.S. company. We'll still own it. We just have a shell company in America yes. that owns it. Anyway. PV. So we asked PV we it. asked Gordon what he wanted to play on the podcast. Yes. And I said Hamlet, but you and, said it and, wasn't an acting deal. And you said that you wanted to do a deep dive into XTC, a band uh, that we have never touched on on the podcast. You haven't in all fifty episodes. Yeah. Or forty nine. That's hard to believe. We've never played one yeah. XTC. We've never played one XTC song. Hmm. So I think that this is a, a fascinating opportunity because you are the foremost XTC expert that I know. Wow. That that you know. Okay. Yeah, that I know. All right. Yeah, I think XTC is a is a fascinating band because it's like they never got really huge, huge, but they always in the musician circles I ran in, they always had tons of respect. Like the musicians that I knew loved XTC. And so that really got me into listening to them more critically and trying to understand what they were doing musically because they do a lot of crazy stuff musically. And the fact that they never got huge just still baffles me in some way because they they produce so much great music over so many years. Yeah. They're English. They're British. They're from Swindon, England. And uh, this... I think it's uh, close to Seaside Town. I'm not sure where Swindon is. I think they make uh, like Corollas there or something. They have a big car manufacturing plant now. So XTC. It's in Wilshire, and, right? Is it in Wilshire, Swindon? I have no idea. God, I'm thinking of the soccer team. It's it's gotta be. It's I think so it's they, in Wilshire. They were late '70s to early '90s, right? I'm the biggest expert he knows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They got popular in the late '70s, yes, and they broke up around 1990, I would say. Yeah, and so. Their 92 late, I don't know the, the, their mid to late period they did have some American success because of college radio and the beginnings mm-hmm. of alternative radio but by the time 
then grunge hit and all of the power pop and jangle pop and mm-hmm. anything weird kind of just totally went away. Right. So, but were they ever huge in England? No, no, I don't I don't think they were. I think that they were about the same on each side of the pond. I think that they never I don't think they were huge there either. So, uh they but, were definitely big enough to be on big enough labels and big enough producers to where records were being sold, but I don't know. They probably never even cracked the top 20. Right. I don't I mean I'm not sure. I want to say that. Making Plans for Nigel, which is uh their I'm, first one, right? Yeah, and that was written by their bass player was their biggest hit. I don't know that they had one that was ever bigger than that. Yeah. Yes. All of their Toby sons. has sold more records than Andy Partridge. <laughs> I know that is so horrible to say, but that is totally. That's true. <laughs> Heck, you can go to any part of the world and hear you. I, I've, I've, when I've traveled in Europe, where are the places where there's got to be like little hot spots where that song is still gets lots of plays and spins? Um, Australia, right? Australia, Germany, England. It's that's so crazy. You know, I had to get permission from Tiffany's because that's shown in the video, right? No, they uh, gave permission. All that stuff that we're using in the video mm-hmm. is from Tiffany's. Really? Yeah, they put all that out there because they wanted the publicity. You know, mm-hmm. they thought that was cool. Um, and it was. I mean, it's when like we it... took breaks, we were in Tiffany's the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did look up chart positionings. And so the highest charting single that they ever had was Mayor of Simpleton okay. in the U.S. And that peaked on uh, the Hot 100 at 72. Holy crap. Oh I thought gosh. that was way bigger than that. I thought it was too. Because I played it on MTV all the I time. Know. Yeah, that I was know. that and Making Plans for Nigel are the two that I would have said were their biggest hits. So, and, and then I they, they were also, bigger than that. The one, you know, the religious one. Oh, Dear God. Dear God yeah. They played that constantly mm-hmm. just because it was such a... It was harsh. Mm-hmm. You know, I even remember as a kid like... Mm, yeah. this you know, is you don't tough. want your mom to hear you yeah. listening to that. <laughs> But anyway, so what were, what were you doing next? Oh, I was just going to say, in the UK, their top single was uh, Senses Working Overtime, which peaked at number 10. Wow. And Speaking of that. And their, mm, their, interesting. Uh, their top uh, charting album. Dave, Dave can't spot a segue. I know. That he just it. can't spot it. <laughs> their top charting album was the song, or the, the album that that Are song okay? is from. If you quit kicking me in the nuts, I could be fine. <laughs> English Settlement peaked yes. at number five in the UK. Yeah, great album. Deservedly so. So what did, in America, what did you say that uh, was the top album they had there in America? They they don't have... Uh, they never oh, even... Okay. Yeah, their top album was... Black Sea peaked at number 41 in the US. It's not that bad for an album. Love that album. And oranges, oranges, oranges and lemons mm-hmm. peaked at forty-four. Holy, oranges. really? Yeah. Golly, that is. Uh... So they kind of suck, but we're gonna do a whole hey, episode about hey, them. They don't no, suck. They're it's just they're underappreciated. They're no, that's amazing. true. They were marginalized. But I think Andy Partridge still like lives in the same house he lived in since the eighties. They paid off. You know what? We need to get into that in a minute because there's stuff with him, right? Yeah, there's stuff with him. Yeah, well, let's, let's play a song. Yeah, let's roll Senses Working Overtime because that is yeah, the and, first song that you are actually choosing to play. I chose this one for a very specific reason because you get a good 
feel of how weird they are in the beginning. The instrumentation's odd, the mm, the background vocals are odd, and then it goes into like one of the catchiest choruses of all time. It shows and how they get from that verse to that chorus and put it into the same song. I think it's just masterful.
Wasn't that brilliance? <laughs> When's the last time you heard that song, Dave? I can't even tell you. It's one of the best pre-courses in, in the whole village. It's so great. It does sound like they had two different songs. Yeah. They were like, well, I don't know what to do with these. Well, let's put them together. Yeah. You know, he, he kind of seems like he does that a lot. Yeah, Like he, he has a bunch of ideas and he just kind of makes them work. But that's Hugh Padgham. And that drum sound, you know, he's the guy with Steve Lillywhite that did the, they do the gated reverb snare thing right. that was uh, in the air tonight. Like, mm -hmm. that sounded like it. Yeah. Totally. Those drums are so forward in the Yeah, that snare the song. Drum. Their drummers, man, that's an underrated drummer. Yeah, and I he think never this comes is, up on anything. This is, uh, I'm trying to remember who, if their drummer was in the band at this time. I think so. What album was Senses Working Overtime on? English Settlement. It was on English Settlement, okay. So that's like early, that's like 82. Mm -hmm. Do you have what the name of his first, what the first band was called? Because their bass player has the coolest name. Uh, what XTC was before they were XTC? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Star Park and the Helium Kids. <laughs> God, that's funny. Um, two different, two different names. Okay, it's not Star Park. Is that the one that had the bass player named Nervous Steve? I don't know. Those Nervous don't, Steve. Those don't have wikis. I just I want to know what Nervous Steve is up to. Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, early members. So pre 1975. Is this still Star Park? Well, it's it says the Star Park and Helium Kids era. Kids with a Z. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, Dave, they were ahead of the curve on that Z thing. Dave Kartner was a guitar player. Paul Wilson was a drummer, Steve Hutchins was a vocalist, John Perkins was a keyboardist, and Nervous Steve <laughs> was bass guitar in 72. So that must have been Star Park. Nervous Steve. Don't you want to wait, see wait, a... this was XTC before XTC? Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you've listed none of the members of XTC, though. Yeah, those. It, well, those are early members. He was asking. Oh, in addition to yeah, uh, yeah. Andy so, Partridge. Andy Partridge. Yeah. Yeah. So principal members, of course, Andy Partridge. God, I didn't think that they were called Star Park. I thought they were called something else weird. Colin Molding, mm -hmm. bass guitar for the entire duration. Dave Gregory wasn't in them yet. Uh, yeah, Dave Gregory was 79 to 98. God, fantastic guitarist. Uh, drummer. He fell out. He didn't make it to the end. Did Nervous Steve continue on? And was he ever part of another big band? I he hope was, so. He was too nervous too to make it big. Too nervous. Right. Poor guy. I just want Nervous Steve. I hope he's doing well. Oh, Lord. Okay. So, yeah. So, that was uh, song number one I wanted to play. Yes. May I talk about song number two yet? No, we're not there yet. Oh, we got to do sponsors or something? No, we're just going to... Well, we have a song that Toby wants to play. We're doing stuff kind of chronologically. By the way, they are from Swindon. Yes. Swindon Town. They used to call uh, Andy Rocky because mm. he was really good at playing the Beatles song Rocky Raccoon. He's a weird looking guy. He has the little uh, John Travolta chin. Mm -hmm. He's got that. He's balding now. He's like bald. Yeah, he's totally bald. bald. And some friends of ours went and knocked on his door one time. I was time. just about to say that. Did Who you is? know this story? Yes. Yeah. So I'm trying to see if I even remember this story, but... It was uh, it was friends of mine that I used to play in a band with a long time ago. Paul Averett, who's played on a lot of stuff around here, and, mm -hmm. um, and Danny Delamatier, who I started playing with back in high school. 
I don't know if Danny was with him. I want to say that Paul was... Paul and somebody else went up to Andy's house and knocked on his door. And uh, Andy let them in. And they hung out with Andy in his living room. And Andy in Swindon? Had, in Swindon, yeah. They found out where the guy lived. And Paul is like a huge XTC fan. And um, found out where he lived and went was and knocked late and hung 80s? out with him. No, this was in the 90s, I think. Boy, my number for Paul Averett is probably uh, 50 years old. I have no idea if he still has that number, but I'd love to find out the real story on that at some point. Did they jam with him? I don't know. Man, they could. They probably could have. Paul's good. Well, I still have a number for Paul Danny's Averitt. good. Danny can play anything. Yeah. Will this still be Paul Averitt's number? <laughs> Busy? It's How a, is that possible? It's a landline. It's, it it, you it just, probably is a it's landline. It's a time machine He's back to 1989. I haven't even heard that noise in Okay, all. now I have... Uh, ooh, here's some more Paul Averitt numbers. These look... Let's see. Oh, it's ringing. Okay. There's no way. <laughs> okay, all right. okay, all right. Well, we see how tight and, you oh, are. Let's with try Paul. the last one. Let's then I have one more. Ah, that's a good sign. It's definitely him. I love it. Could that be him? That's totally Didn't sound him. like him. But he was using a vocoder. Hey, Paul, it's Gordon Keith. Give me a call back. I have a question about Andy Partridge. <laughs> this isn't Paul. It's going to be so confusing. Yeah. I love you. All right. See, Dave, this is what I was talking to you before. Do you see that message? Mm -hmm. Yours did not sound like that. I don't even know what mine is. You go like this. Hi, this is Dave. I thought it was just like the... He nods off. I thought it was just the uh, whatever default computer voice. No, it's you. And you say... Well, I probably recorded it 10 years ago. I don't even know what my outgoing is. You sound super upset, and it's not I probably was at the time. (laughs) If, I don't it was know ten, what, if it was 10 years ago, I was probably really depressed. Like, I don't know what Dave's outgoing message sounds like. All right, let's hear it. Okay, I'm telling me, you, it's not, it it's not exciting. Dave Lane. Do you still have me in your phone? Let's see. Yeah, I do. I have a home phone number for you that's a 972. No, I don't know what that is. Uh-oh. Oh, wait. You've reached Dave Lane. Please leave a message. Boy, the energy does <laughs> fall off there at the end. <laughs> when do you think you recorded that? I don't know. Man, it's so mean. Do you have the same cell phone Dave number Lane. you had like when you and I started yeah. working together? Yeah, <laughs> this is uh, that was probably from the first iPhone I had in 2008 or 2007. Um, By the way, Swindon is home <laughs> to a BM, BMW. I'm your feminine voice again. It's, Swindon is stop, dude. <laughs> Uh, a BMW Mini factory. BMW's made in in oh well, Mini. The Mini yeah, yeah, is yeah. made in Swindon. Uh, yeah, I, I, Mini is owned, I guess, by BMW. I didn't know that. Yes. Huh. Oh. What I 
So I don't know if we should talk about this now or maybe we tease it, we play the song that Toby wants to play, talk about it next. But I was curious about, because you guys did both play in bands at roughly the same time. Indeed. How often Toby was much more successful than I sure, was. Sure, but say how, the least. how often? Not true. How often did paths cross? Were there any memorable interactions that either of you had? I don't. You know, I don't remember playing with you guys, but I bet you we did because I remember you we were all in the two one four entertainment, Paul Nugent mm-hmm. and that whole management group. We were Swinford playing and all them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were playing uh, main bar and rhythm room a lot and and those places. And I remember playing with. For some reason, I don't remember playing with you guys. Mm-mm. I remember I seeing remember you guys at. Uh, uh, Doctor, there was two Doctor Smiths, but the one on Fry Street. Yeah, Doctor Smiths two. Uh, mm-hmm. The the one that became one. the one that became mothers later. Yeah, the better one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember seeing you guys there, and we were always jealous of y'all's name because we always had stupid names, uh, and it seemed like that name. What was y'all's former name? Leper Messiah. Leper Messiah. So, I wonder if we ever played with Leper Messiah. I don't remember playing with when you guys were Deep Blue something. Uh huh. But I remember we used to play the library all the time. Uh huh. Now you had you had Interfaith. No, I was. Uh, there were a few different bands. Hemingways, I, I remember. The Hemingways was the one that I sang and wrote the stuff. That in. was the one, the name we were jealous of. Yeah, because we were like, dang it, you know, like uh, we just can't think of anything good. And I still like that name, the Hemingways. It's great. And I'd like. It's very I telegraphic. I'd, I'd I mean, even, I don't know if I don't know if you guys because I never saw you. I don't know mm-hmm. if you sounded like the Hemingways would be expected to sound, but I imagine you probably did. We probably did, yeah. It sounded that way. What was strange is I had read no Hemingway before then. Like, we picked it out, I want to say, just because I thought it was a cool name. And I remember that... It was either that or the Stephen Kings. Oh, this is Paul Averitt calling me. Oh, sweet. Let's see what he says. Hold on. Hey, Paul, what's happening? Uh, (laughs) No, I'm... I actually just landed in Hartford, Connecticut. I'm doing a gig tomorrow night. Okay, let me explain the situation here to you. <laughs> I'm on a podcast right now with some friends of mine, and we we're talking about Andy Partridge. Okay. And I remembered a story in which you went and knocked on Andy's door when you guys were in England with the Beatles band, I think, or something. Well, sort of. Not that band, but yes, I did do that. Okay, so what happened? How did you know where he lived, and then what happened once you knocked on the door? Okay, well, I was I was with uh, we had a my, me and my friend Bucks Burnett and another. That's uh, how I know the stories from Bucks. Yeah, Toby Pipes is yeah. with me here from oh, Deep hey, Blue Toby. Something. Hey, man. So yeah, okay. Bucks and I had a band called the Valaris, along with this guy named Dare Mason, who was a producer and engineer at the Townhouse in London. So the three of us were uh, we did most of our recording in England. And this one particular trip, I think we had been recording for three weeks straight at Dare's flat in Shepherd's Bush. And we decided to take one day off to just kind of drive around. And we really had no idea what we were going to, at one point we were talking about going to uh, visit some like famous grave sites and stuff like that. But we ended up driving, um, basically following the Thames and drove up to Henley on Thames and saw George Harrison's house and kept driving up and after a while Derek goes uh, well you know uh, we're, we're actually headed straight towards Swindon and um, so we, we went and saw the Uxbridge horse which is on the cover of English Settlement and mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know Swindon's right below it and 
So we drove into Swindon, and uh, uh, as we're driving along, Bucks is in the back seat. I'm in the front with Dare. And Dare says, well, where exactly do you want to go? And from the back, uh, I won't say the address because it's he still lives there. But I hear uh, blah, 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 Avenue Road. Yeah, because <laughs> Bucks seems to know everyone. Well, Bucks, through, through Chris and Tina from the Talking Heads, Bucks did some... Uh, some publicity work for the heads whenever they did that all talking no head or, or no talking all head i forget what the name of that album was but anyway he did some uh some publicity for that which included uh doing a small interview with everybody who had contributed vocally to that album and one of those was andy partridge and during that discussion which was on the phone andy gave bucks his home address and bucks just happened to remember it so uh so yeah, Buck says, uh, yeah, blah, 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 Avenue Road. And I kind of look back and I'm like, are you, are you sure? He's like, when are we ever going to be in Swindon again? It's like, okay. So, so you went and knocked on Andy's door. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Let me, <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah. We, we, we go and knock on Andy's door and to my surprise, he answers. Bucks immediately says, Hey, uh, don't mean to interrupt or anything. We just, uh, we were, did some recording yesterday with Martin Newell, who Andy had produced and, and, uh, he mentioned that we should uh, look you up at some point, and we just happened to be in Swindon today. And don't mean to bother you. And he just goes, "Oh, I'm just writing this introduction to this book," and just leaves the door open and walks in. He's like, "Well, come on in." So we we went in, and and this is right when Wasp Star was um, was about to come out, and uh, he hadn't received his advanced copies of it yet, but he did have a, a CDR copy that from the studio, and so. He sat us down, and, and uh, I told him that I had heard a lot of the demos of the, of, of the songs that are on the record. And he said he showed me the track list. He said, okay, which, which songs have you heard? Or this, this, this. He said, well, I'm just going to play the whole album just so you can hear the new versions. Dang, so wait, Andy Partridge played you Wasp Star. Yeah, we the first time I ever heard it was sitting in Andy's living room. <laughs> oh, that's and, crazy. Yeah, it, it was pretty amazing. And, and having him do a play-by-play commentary of the whole thing. And, like and, when, when he when it was time to play stupidly happy he, he he says okay now guys look this next song i know that the lick that the song is based around is just stupid it's the stupidest thing i've ever written but just accept it at that's the in the in the spirit that it's you know that it was you know intended that's kind of the point and he played stupidly happy i'll never forget that anyway really nice guy we had a great time hanging out with him he and i talked a lot about um their relationship with virgin records and he was getting pretty angry about that yeah. we went we went and had uh dinner over at this uh, chinese restaurant that's just around the corner from his uh from his flat wait wait you yeah. left his house to go have dinner with him too yeah we we just walked uh, around the corner and went and had dinner over at uh, uh connie's was the name of the place this chinese place that he goes to all the time and we had a great time having having dinner and talking about he does the best deputy dog impersonation you've ever heard in life. <laughs> so did, did you get to go and see that shed where he does his recording yeah, saw the shed and and he he started when we got back to the house he starts pulling out all of this stuff that uh that he wanted to play for us uh mainly about other people and gave me a, a couple of cassettes from his collection of stuff that that, that he that he had and and uh, he asked if I had ever heard Judy Sill, and I had. Uh, and he told me 
the entire the entire story about Judy Sill and played me. He pulled out a cassette that uh, who knows how old this cassette was, but it had Judy's first album on side one and the second album on side two. He said, "I'm going to play you two songs." So he played "My Man on Love" off the first album and "The Kiss" off the second album, and. I, that was a revelatory moment for me. Andy Partridge explaining to me how much he loves the song "The Kiss," which now everybody knows because he's actually talked about it quite a bit now. And he feels it's the most beautiful piece of music ever written, and it is. It's it's the best song ever created. Uh, but yeah, my first time to hear it was standing there with Andy in his living room, him talking to me about it. That's so oh, crazy. Listen to this part. It was amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. So, see, because I remember when you and I were in a band together, I mean, you were a yeah. big XTC fan, too. You were, like, a huge sure. XTC fan, weren't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Still am, yeah. Absolutely. And and, I, and I've got I've got lots of stuff that's, you know, signed by Andy and things like that. And, and, and But once you're, once you've actually been in the house and played, like, like I've played his Martin that he wrote and recorded Dear God on and stuff oh, like that. Wow. He, he was asking me about, you know, well, you know, I picked it up. He's like, I think I need to have that neck reset. What do you think? And I started looking at, talking to him about it. And I, I played the opening uh, chords to Dear God. And he points at it and goes, that's the right guitar to be playing that on. I said, I know. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was such a sweetheart. Really nice guy. Just basically spent the whole day with us the rest of the day. And it was it was really amazing. And his daughter Holly came home and got to meet her, and she was very sweet. Yeah, it was just a great time. And he was, he you know, he was like, "Hey, you guys, stop by any time." You know, and it was really cool. And Bucks has been back since. I think he was there about eight or nine years ago, and went and revisited Andy. And and there's he got pictures of him and Andy hanging out in the shed together. And Andy pulled out all this stuff that that's unreleased and started playing it for bucks and yeah that is awesome yeah he's a great guy well paul thank you for telling me the story thank you for sharing it with toby and dave who are also on this podcast is it okay if we publish this and and, yeah you're gonna be on a podcast i hope that's cool anything you want that's fine (laughs) yeah well cool and i'll call you some other time to catch up on the side okay nice to know i still have your number yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, cool. All right, thanks, Paul. Love you. All right, thanks, guys. Take care, man. Bye. Bye-bye. Boy, I tell you, Paul's another guy who I swear he's been on a lot of albums. That man. Is... Hey, we just happened to be in town. Oh, We're not stalking you What's at all. What's funny is I almost interrupted you during the Paul story and was like, I have a whole other separate story from Bucks Burnett that he did the same thing, went and knocked on his door, and they were together. Because he showed me all those pictures at the All Good Cafe. Oh, you had a story about, hey, a friend of mine also knocked on Andy Parker's door. And they were together. (laughs) That's so awesome. Because, you know, how many Bucks Burnett has a picture with him? You know, he's either with Keith Richards or he's with everyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, the guy knows everyone that was in the faces. And, like, he, I think he was at one point like a, a roadie for the faces or worked with them somehow. So he, you know. Mm-hmm. Bucks Burnett's crazy. He knows everybody. So, so, when, as, so as that story indicates, Andy Partridge, very prolific. Yes, very like, prolific. Like just workaholic, has the shed in his backyard that he goes and records in. Mm-hmm. And so in the mid-80s, XTC has this side project, and that was what Toby wanted to play to yes. kind of play along with your theme. Oh, yes. The Dukes of Hazard. No, the Dukes was. of Stratosphere. Dukes of Stratosphere, <laughs> but it's with just the R at the end, mm-hmm. to, I guess, to be a Shakespearean reference? Right. Well, yeah. they also, they didn't want anyone to know that it was XTC. 
So it's all pseudonym. So the uh, what was what did he call himself? I, I have that here. So Andy Partridge they went by names. Sir John Johns, right? And then Colin Molding went by the Red Curtain, mm-hmm. and then Dave Gregory went by. Lord Cornelius Plum, oh, so British, and nervous and Steve as himself, and then uh, they is uh, Ian Gregory is he brothers with yeah Dave Gregory? He, that's the only thing that he was on with uh, the brother. I think. Okay, so he he, pl- he played drums and he he went by E I E I Owen. <laughs> it was great. The first one I think was an EP, yes. and then they released some more music later, and they combined them into. Yeah, uh, so yeah. I think the by the time the second one came out, everyone was like, everyone knew who they were. Yeah. Like, obviously, XCC. Because that was a that's so crazy now to think about because this is so before internet and everything. And so if you knew that that was actually XTC, you considered yourself so in the know. I mean, that was back when you could have like you know the real cult like knowledge. But the second the voice comes on, it's like, Oh yeah. He's, it's a very distinctive, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got a delivery and a way that he does his lines. Like it's, it's him. Right. I mean, I mean, I can say it now because I know, but I would have thought that I would have maybe picked up on that. Like, God, this band sounds, if it's not XTC, they sure do love them. You know, like right. Jesus. And I've often thought like some of the jellyfish stuff sounds more like Dukes of Stratosphere than it does XTC. Mm-hmm. Even. Because it's so because uh, they had the psychedelic the psychedelia. Because yeah. that was the thing with them is the Dukes of Stratosphere wanted to recreate like a '60s uh, whole trippy Sid Barrett, early, right. early Pink Floyd. But we're playing more of the poppy because I think he was into the monkeys and stuff like that at one. point. Point two, but uh, so this is mixed with psychedelic monkeys. This song we're gonna. Which play. one are we doing? Are we doing Vanishing Girl? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is so that the, a Colin song or is that a Andy song? I don't. Uh, hang on a second. Let me but see. the twenty five o'clock really does sound like early Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. Has all the strange stuff. But then when the you know it's his normal thing, it's yeah, weird until the uh, Vanishing Girl is a Colin Molding. Tune. Yeah, and. 25 o'clock, I think, goes into Vanishing Girl. So it goes like from the psychedelia stuff to into... Well, 25 o'clock was the EP, and so that came out in 85. Right. Vanishing Girl was the oh, was lead... was that 87? Vanishing Girl was the lead single or the lead track off of uh, Sonic Sunspot, which was 87. Okay. But, All they, with but P. they spelled Sonic Sunspot with a silent P. Because yeah. they just basically didn't want to sell any record ever. <laughs> yeah, let's just so, make it as weird yeah. as possible. <laughs> But yeah, so in going back and listening, you decided that Vanishing Girl, not only does it have the most plays, but it is the most accessible of their weird side projects. Yeah, I would say for that, when we get to the After Dark, I'm going to play the other one because it does feel like something that would have been off, um, you know, that first Pink Floyd record that there's a couple of the tunes that sound like that where there's even talking and clocks you know, mm-hmm. ticking in the background and other tunes. This one, when Paul was saying that he that he likes the dumb line and you'll understand when you get it, I want you to uh, see if you recognize the line at the start of this song because it's very, very... You can easily tell where they got this from. Okay. And I All think right. they did it on purpose as kind of a joke. So this is Vanishing Girl. This is the Dukes of Stratosphere the secret side project of XTC, and it's next on HTWF. 
By this time, the suitcase was getting very heavy, so I rested on a grassy knoll and took a peek inside. As I opened it, out burst a fountain of many-coloured butterflies, rainbow game counters, chess pieces, laughing cutlery, tiny chairs and tables, and flying plates covered with exotic fruit. That's the first time I've ever heard that, and I love it. It's fantastic. So good. I heart that. The drums, drum sound is so great. That bass is so great. That's an awesome song. It's such a great pop song. When I was a kid, I mean, I knew all XTC stuff. I've never heard of that in my life, mm -hmm. the Dukes of the Stratosphere thing. I thought Sir John Johns really nailed the vocal. Really Actually, that was the he Red really Curtain did. singing, I believe. Oh. He really did. And Nervous Steve. He, no, he's not he in this appear. one. Yeah, not in he this killed one. it he's already on this kicked one. out. Oh. But yeah. We, he was as, probably there. It was as probably soon, like As a, soon as it kicked in, it was the, the lion sleeps tonight at uh -huh. the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they just don't care about nothing. Yeah, they, That's what they, you can do when you have a side project. Yeah, mm -hmm. that you don't think anyone's going to hear. Yeah, and right? take your name off of everything. You it, was, just... it was like their, uh, their Saturday fun house. Mm -hmm. their, their 10 to midnight show. That you can do whatever you want. But I also get it. While they wanted to do it, it was, they're probably like, why can't people make records like this anymore where you can, you know put an alarm clock in the corner and do creepy stuff that, and that whenever you know they got to do a bunch of cool stuff and now they're on record companies and that are like this needs to be about three minutes 20 seconds and let's get rid of the clock please yeah uh we need a radio edit this is not a single <laughs> yeah. the creepy girl at the end can we take that out <laughs> no the alice in wonderland feel at the end i wonder if that's her no that's way too early for his daughter because that sounded like the girl on yes yeah, so that uh, was 86 when was that? 85 was when that came out? 87. Was 87, Dear God, okay. was that a little boy or a girl? Because that was obviously a girl. I don't know if that was a little boy or a little girl. I can't remember now. Singing it. Uh, it says it credits Lily Frazier for the narration. I thought that was Lily Frazier. Yeah. It sounded like <laughs> Lily Frazier. It sounded a lot like Lily yeah, Frazier. Yeah, yeah. had the same <laughs> intonation. Sure enough. <laughs> so speaking of, I don't know if this is too early to go into our next piece of music, but... Uh, talking about things that aren't radio friendly, but continuing with this idea of throwing a bunch of different sounds and instrumentation into a song. Garden of Earthly Delights, which is the lead track off of Oranges and Lemons, which is our big giveaway album, by the way. I believe it's pronounced Oranges and Lemons. It's not pronounced that way. It's mispronounced that way. Um, it starts off with Garden of Earthly Delights. And so this is the album that is my favorite of theirs. Oranges and Lemons, a lot of people, it's, you know, Skylarking or English Settlement or even Black Sea, which is probably my second favorite. But Oranges and Lemons came out at a particular time in my life where I was getting, getting way into XTC. They come out with that album and I put it on and listened on headphones for the first time. And this was the lead track on it. And I was just blown away by the soundscape of it because there's so much going on. And you can listen to it about 10 times and pick out different little parts throughout it. It is fantastic. The bass line, the way the the first versus bass line is different from the second versus bass line. And there's so much intricacy in it. It is a lot like the painting that's called The Garden of Earthly Delights by, um, who is it, Van Eck? Who, who did Garden of Earthly Delights? I've even seen that triptych. It's in Madrid, I think, which is a crazy, awesome, incredible painting that's full of madness and insanity and beauty at the same time. This song is a lot like that. 
Did Hieronymus Bosch? Yeah, Hieronymus Bosch. Hieronymus Bosch. Yes, he's the one who painted it. Uh, the uh, early Netherlandish master. Yes, from the Netherlands. Yes, from and he, 1490 to 1510. Like it seems like they still don't know a lot about him, his life. Like there was some rumors that he was an Adamite or something like this. Like why did he paint this strange imagery? And it's really crazy stuff if you've ever seen that painting. And it's a triptych too. So if you close it up, you see like this picture of the universe. And then you open it up and on the left, I think is the um, kind of, is it on the left is the beginning story and the middle is all of us having sex with each other and stuff. And then at the end is hell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so okay. It's like yeah a... you can kind of see like Garden of Eden. Yeah, Garden of Eden, then, then present day present Earth. Present day Earth, then... or 1510 Earth, mm -hmm. and then the depths of hell after we ruined oh, everything. such a great yeah. painting. You can spend hours in front of that. And I spent hours in front of this song. Yeah, well, you, you can come back and talk about the painting on the HTWOW <laughs> yes. Art Podcast. Right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and... and uh, let's play keep, the jam. Yeah, let's play, let's play the jam, because this... This was 1989, and I was curious, at what point in your life did you become aware, and when was the first XTC album that you consumed right when it came out and you weren't going back? It was probably this one. So yeah. this, this is probably why it's so memorable right. for you, because this is when you felt like you were in mm -hmm. the know. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right, so let's uh, play Gordon's favorite off of oranges and lemons. <laughs> this is Garden of Earthly Delights on HTWOW.
Okay, I have questions. Yes. It's a crazy-ass song. Okay, so early on, they tried to get Brian Eno to produce one of their first records. And Brian Eno was like, you guys are good enough. You can produce your own records. You don't. I don't need to do it. You, you're already fine. Like, I wouldn't change anything, so just do it yourself. I think it was after one of the first Peel sessions or something. And that keyboard player where I couldn't remember what band he started when he left, he started it with Robert Fripp. Okay. Is that Robert Fripp? I don't know. Because that is his thing, right? That sounds totally... That's got to be Robert Fripp playing the lead on that. I mean, it's, it's Look his... At, David yeah, I'm Bowie. Looking at, I'm looking at personnel. But that is a Robert Fripp thing. Even There's if it like, wasn't, they're doing his thing. Yeah, that type of that style. It's like that whatever effect he has on there that he's doing the um, those weird uh, harmonics with yeah. the. I, I don't know something. how he's getting that sound. I don't know what what are the effects that they're using on that or. It's that. Uh, I swear it used to be on like an Elisa's MIDI verb. You could get that thing to work, but it was uh It's like a weird harmonic thing that when you're displaying the lead, mm-hmm. it doesn't do the nice harmonics with it but, but it it's does the something. ones that work mm-hmm. so it just kind of you know i mean they have a handful of contributors but uh nobody on guitar all the guitar is dave gregory and andy partridge because that sounds exactly like the leads from uh, another green world from the eno stuff and that's yeah, always frip doing that but you can see how their music got so i mean this album is so incredibly produced and so rich with layer after layer of guitar and i mean it's it's crazy the amount of sound that's on this album uh and that's a pretty good example of i mean that one's a little bit more um intense i think than some of the other ones some of the other ones are more conventional songs merely a man is a great tune off that album that's catchy as well as uh, detailed instrumentation I mean, the King for a Day, this is the weird thing, and I bet you this frustrates Andy Partridge. Andy Partridge writes 90% of their songs. But Colin Molding will always contribute, you know, four songs on, on an album of the 15 songs. And Colin seems to have hits with his. And King for a Day actually got pretty good radio play off of this. And uh, that was one of Colin's songs. Yeah, that was a big song. What what was the band he started with? The, um, is it with the drummer uh, Colin? When they split up, uh, they did a a band in the nineties. Is it on computer, Dave? Is it on computer, Dave? Um, it should be like one of the last lines on the wiki thing. Colin, Colin, Colin. Because Colin was also making plans for Nigel. That was he wrote that one. Vanishing Girl, which is so great. I'm so glad Dave liked Vanishing Girl. That was great. It was fantastic. You know what? Hold on, I got. I I use the word fantastic too much. I use the word and too much as well. Yeah, I think I'm always conjuncting things. It says he issued stuff um, as the Colonel. No, no, the um, (laughs) they were called something. It was. He took a turn as. Doing KFC ads? Yeah. I will find it. I will find it right now. By the way, I'm going to open our second beer. Do you need to say what it is? Yeah, I need to say what it is. Oh, t- it, how could you not see this? It's like at the very end of the first thing. His what? computer doesn't what? go that far down. Uh, <laughs> I was looking up Colin Molding's wiki. Colin. 
So yeah, in 2006, uh, Partridge announced that his creative partnership with Molding had disintegrated, which always happens. Molding and Chambers briefly uh, reunited as the duo TC and I. Never heard of it. Which I guess is what Terry Chambers and I, I don't know, whatever. I don't think that they had like a hit or anything, but it's like 2017. Hmm. Yeah. Did Dave Gregory die? For some reason I thought that one of them died. You're the uh, expert. You're the foremost expert that I know. Yeah, you're the one that knocked on his door and hung out in his house. So, I mean, yeah. And then he turned up dead the next day. I had a cold. Nope, Dave Gregory is still alive. Well, he won't be soon. He is My six, plan works. He is 68. Colin Molding is still alive. He's 66. And Andy Partridge is 67. Okay. Do you want to talk about the beer before we start talking about Andy yeah, Partridge's do you want, problems? Do you want to play some jaunty talking about beer music? You know, sometimes I like to drink beer on the back porch. So the second beer that we are enjoying this evening is brand new in Texas, but it is allegedly the oldest continuous brewery in the United States. It is Yingling Traditional Lager. Yingling from Pennsylvania. I've had many a Yingling. Yeah, when you're on the East Coast, you can't escape Yingling, but you couldn't get it around here, and all of a sudden, it's everywhere. Boy, they they delivered way too much. <laughs> yeah. In the HEB and College Station, there is just pallets of it everywhere. I and do they, love it, though. And they got me, too. I bought... It's you know they drinking. have a They have a light version now. I haven't tried that one yet. It's really not bad. That's what stopped. How light is it? Is it light enough for tea? <laughs> it's funny. You don't even have to hold it. It just floats towards your face. Yeah. That's how light it is. Okay. But uh, it's good. It has that look of like a Killian's, even though it's... I think it's the green bottle that's making it red yeah. there. Yeah. It's super dark, but it doesn't taste super dark. It says it's a lager, but it's really, really dark. It's weird. You know, life's weird, Dave. And it's true. It makes me want to sing a song. Sometimes I feel from Pennsylvania town We drank it on the podcast Started to drown (laughs) That was beautiful Thank you you. Alright, before uh, We only have one song left And I feel like We might need to just play that on the fly when we get to it. I but love that song. When, uh, before we lose Gordon, because he is our special guest. You lost me about two hours ago. I know. <laughs> but before you physically leave the property. Okay, got you, yes. Uh, while we have you here as our captive, mm-hmm. I do want to get into a little bit of ticket stuff. Because okay. I feel like that that is what the P1s who listen to this podcast are going to want to hear. Okay. And so I guess I wanted to start with... Why are you yelling? I just project too bad. You should hear him in the party cove. It's I terrible. Just, I just want to start. There you go. That's better. I want to talk about... Okay, that's that's creepy. You should see the, the compression needle when he hits. <laughs> I want to I talk about the... <laughs> 
the genesis of our relationship. He grew up in an orphanage. You had to yell. Yeah, to get to get, to get gruel to get my <laughs> second helping soup, of porridge. Please, more soup. Oh gosh. So yes, we both. You started earlier at the ticket than I did. You were almost a day oneer. I was there on day one. You were an intern. I was an on day intern. One. Yeah. On the morning show on day one, you were Skip you were supposed Bayless. to write Skip. comedy for Skip, right? Oh, God. And he immediately threw it all away. How did you even come to have that position? It was convoluted. I knew a guy in community college who knew Mike Reiner. Okay, <laughs> and so that was my path into the ticket. And so the the Skip thing lasted, I think, like two weeks. Was he as intense back then? Or he's he's just, he, you know, he's very into... withdrawn, you know? I mean, like... Like on I think, the spectrum? Yeah. Yeah, kind of like that. He he just wasn't comfortable around people. And I would assume he's probably still just like that. So he was never, you know, he wasn't one to hang around, out with the guys or anything like that. And well, now he's rich, so he's probably even more well, insular well, and weird. What was he right. doing before that? Like, how, how was Skip he Bayless was a big Herald. deal? Times yeah, he was, he was a columnist. So he wasn't a radio personality. No, he was a writer. Oh. He started off as a writer. And then... Man, that skyrocketed pretty Yeah, and then he started with the ticket for like a year and a half, I think, he was on, on the ticket. And then after that is when he moved national. Yeah, and the ticket wouldn't have happened without him. No, no, he, he was the biggest he was, name. He was the biggest name. Mm -hmm. He was the morning drive host. To and the, Reiner just knew him already? Cause yeah, because he's lived stuff. in town. and yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so that that got sponsors to sign up and get the station off the ground to begin with. It became apparent early on that it wasn't a fit. Yeah, but I mean, he lasted a year and a half. That's not nothing. So long time. So your your career on Skip's morning show mm -hmm. lasted about two months. I think I swear, Dave, I, I wasn't exaggerating. I think it was closer to two weeks. I used to think that it was like a matter of a few months, but at some point a few years ago, I went back and I don't know whether it was like a journal or a day planner or something like that, and it was like two weeks. Oh, really? Yeah. So after he decides that he doesn't need you anymore. Mm -hmm. You still keep showing up, and you just yeah. kind of float around, and mm -hmm. somehow we got to be friends with all the guys, and we were always joking around. And so somehow you ended up on both Dunham and Miller and the Hardline. Yeah, doing characters and stuff. Because I'd be doing them in the cubicle area, and we'd be laughing at them. And back then, the ticket was real experimental. I mean, there was just like, and I do miss those days. There is a different quality to the station now than there was in the first maybe five years of the station. When yeah, it was very mom and pop and very shoestring. Everything was experimental and we just expected it to fail any day. And so there was no, you didn't have the responsibility of keeping a huge multi-million dollar station going. You know, now the ticket is like this institution and I don't know how many employees work up at that place. You know, it's it's gotten to where you don't know everyone that works up there in sales and, you know, promotions team there's just a lot of people now and back then there was maybe 18 people that ran the whole station right sales promotions everything production board op it was just not many people and so it was so shoestringy that we just were just doing anything we wanted on the air and and because it was such a startup mentality 
that if you did show up, if you did hang around enough, yeah, they'll just throw you in the air. You you <laughs> you could find stuff for yourself to do, and yeah. you could make friends and ingratiate yourself. And that's so. I started later. I started after like uh, the ticket was around for maybe six months. Mm-hmm. That I graduated in. Did uh, you and Corby start at the same time? I started before Corby. Okay. I started um, maybe in the fall of 94 and then I think Corby maybe started winter of 94 it, it, it was very close but I did beat him in the door mm-hmm. a little bit and so I started out weekend overnight board up and I glommed on to the bottle rockets uh, Elf and Shapiro because they were nice to me and they did events and that, I would that was who you're going to hit your wagon to well at first and then and then it then you quickly abandoned them? Well, then I quickly learned that I really identified with your sense of humor. And I thought that you were the person that I most wanted to hang out with. And so even before the rant started, I think I, I did a little bit of work on the ticket stub, which was a, a Friday night show that you had. Friday and Saturday nights, yeah. Yeah, so you had a show with a, another guy who was an up-and-comer dude, Lawrence, mm-hmm. who ended up moving away and doing sports somewhere else, right? Yeah, I th- he went to San Francisco. Yeah, and so you guys had a show, very irreverent, very uh, uh, proto-rant, mm-hmm. right? And I guess I answered phones for you guys or ran the board or something. Again, just raise my hand like, I'll do it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then so... That became a friendship between us where you and myself and like Doogie Anderson and random people who were just hanging around the station at that time that were around our same age, we would just always go out mm-hmm. and always oh, one so we much would, drinking. We would always get <laughs> totally tanked and we would always wonder who is Gordon going to put in his crosshairs that night. Yeah. Someone, oh. someone was going to be eviscerated. Someone was going to <laughs> oh, no. be totally deconstructed and oh, be in myself. the fetal position by the end of the night. I hate myself. And my apologies to you. Yeah. To well, I, for, fortunately, fortunately, despite the beginning of this podcast, what you might think about our <laughs> dynamic, you didn't necessarily single me out too often. I think, for whatever reason. I kind of became your sidekick, and so I would be like that. Yeah, yeah, you, you <laughs> give it to him, champ. Yeah. You give it to him. Yeah, yeah. Come on, boss. Yeah, his hair does look stupid. <laughs> so then that became that became the rant, right? And originally, wasn't it like uh, seven o'clock in the morning or yeah, something? Yeah, it was ridiculous? very early on Saturday mornings. I think it was like seven to. Seven to nine, maybe? I thought we did seven to ten at one point, but maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe we never were three hours. Yeah, I don't know. Eventually, it became ten to noon. Which Would y'all show up a little bit tank still? Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah, it was not... It wasn't a well-planned show, I'll tell you that. It well, was real strolling there at, at 9.59 and turn on the mics and let's see what kind of magic happens. Yes. Yep, and then eventually we stole Corby from the tee box. Mm-hmm. And that, we would make him stay. Yeah. That was what it was. Corby worked on the show ahead of us, and we do, hey, could you hang out for the first second? I have just one question for you. <laughs> do the, we do the trick of, 
And then we get to the end of that se- first segment. Hadn't got around to the question we had to ask him. Just hang on. Just one more segment, Corby. Just hang out. Hang out. And so we convince him to keep hanging out segment after segment until eventually he was on the whole show. <laughs> and then you guys, like, uh, there was some musical chairs happening because I was the host. And you guys would take different positions in that other room. I swear there was... Was Corby producing at one point, and you were in with me? Or? I, I I think at the beginning Corby was producing, and I was running the board. And then I think Corby moved into the room with you, and then I was producing. And then we got. Uh, um, <laughs> then eventually we get somebody else to produce. And yeah, then, that, then maybe that was uh, Eric Bright, the salty seaman. Right. We we had a we had a run of several board ops all, was Danny, all of whom hated was us. Was Dingu ever on this? Dingu never was, was never no. Was Dingu never was, was never the on the rant. Okay, he came later, I guess. Well, after Gordon decided he didn't want to do the rant anymore, then I was. No, I mean just on the ticket. Was he later on after this or? He yeah came, he yeah. came onto the ticket like ninety eight or something like yeah. that. Yeah okay yeah okay. He was a frequent. Caller and contributor. He was known as Danny and Lake Highlands. Yeah, he would do the parody songs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I mean, think about that. That's pretty cool that we had a station in which a listener can send in material and stuff, and is like he's real creative and bright and talented. And so I was like, yeah, okay, here, let's give this guy a job. He give him a chance, you know. That's so awesome. I know. Dingo. Dingo. It's, you know, I was there at the birth of Dingo. Really? When that name came up, it'll. It's a, Story for another time. But is it, it one of the funniest things ever? Is it vulgar or is it? No, it's just. Was it a restaurant, wasn't it? Y'all are doing ticket stuff. We'll talk about that oh, later. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're not doing dingu right now. But yeah, so Dave and I have we've worked together since the beginning of the rant, right? I didn't do the rant before no. you were involved, right? You were always involved from the very yeah, beginning. Yeah, I was your original board op on the rant, and then I just I eventually worked my way up to where I was sitting next to you mm-hmm. and became your quasi co-host Dave, Dave's or my sidekick. security blanket. Yeah. I know. He's everyone's I like to have blanket. Dave involved in anything I do. Yeah, this, uh, I got to say today before we started, that was the biggest meeting we've ever had before. We've done one of these. Usually Dave just kind of, we start it and he goes, do you have anything you want to talk about? Not really. All right, let's see what happens. <laughs> and that's about as far as it goes. But boy, we were we planned a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, I, I I want to impress my professional yeah, radio friend, and obviously I failed. That's why he's so I dressed guess up. We, I guess we also. You're in the I know now. he really, he really <laughs> did right. dress up for the, But um, we we like to surprise each other with our songs, so we uh, uh, we can't talk about it too much. Yeah, we package mm-hmm. to use a ticket term, and that's kind of been your formula for success. Yeah, yeah, yeah to yeah. not really I mean, have any content whatsoever, and something comes up. That's what's led to all those uh, Patreon subscribers. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. you, what we're getting to is eventually Dave is going to, when we get this certain amount, he has to, we're going to build a ramp like we did in junior high. Oh, I've heard about this. And he's going to ramp trash cans on yeah, a, like I'm, a Kuahara. In his cul-de-sac, we're going to line up his trash cans and build a ramp, and I'm going to have to jump it on a mongoose. Have you ever... You're going to... That you, frame is going to break... Yeah, I will break and my you're, neck. You're gonna I'll have, be in traction you're for You're going to have the down tube go straight through your taint. Uh-huh. You did that, right? You built a ramp. Oh, my God, and yes. Well, yeah, when I was, was a kid, it was Evil Knievel time, you okay. know? And my brother was big into Evil Knievel, and so we were still ramping bikes then. What was your bike? I had a Huffy. So, I mean, Sweet. like, straight I think off I the JCPenney floor. I, I think Murray mine was a Sears a catalog Huffy. Yeah. Yeah. 
I had a number, or maybe number a, three Thunder Road is what it said on this. Or was it was Jesus. was Murray a brand of bike? Murray, I believe, was, was called, Montgomery Ward. It was Team brand. Murray. Oh, okay. They said Team Murray. It must on have it. been a Huffy. I can't remember. I had a Team Murray. It was sweet. It got stolen out of my front lawn. Was Murray its own bike company or was it a catalog brand? I can't remember. I don't remember. I can't remember. But then so, I got a cool Hara. Before before we leave you still have your childhood bike toby no i wish that thing oh. my kuahara was from the it was the et kuahara oh really and my parents sold it at something i guess later on and now they're worth Fourth like seven thousand dollars to oh, get that bike jeez my buddy from uh pat uh keeps sending me things from ebay they're like hey look at what your bike's worth now i'm like chief <laughs> Torturing you, yeah, jerk. Because he's the one we used to build the, you know, steel plywood from the construction mm-hmm. site ramp. I mean, I, I forgot what we brick. were leaning it up on. And How we did would, we not end up more injured? Because I the stuff myself. we had was like they would collapse at least seventy percent of the time when we hit the the first ramp. What was your biggest hurt? I on, don't ever remember bike. getting hurt. That's what's strange about it i had to have wiped out a lot but i don't remember too much i have scars but there was no broken bones from it i never wiped out on a ramp but i did have two bike accidents one (laughs) one i came around a corner and i wasn't paying attention and i rode right into the back of a parked pickup truck with a bunch of branches stuck in the back and Mm. got poked in the face with branches and my wheel hit the bumper um but my my big wipeout that I ended up with like 25, 30 stitches on my forehead was going down a steep hill in my neighborhood. Uh-huh. And was it called the Widowmaker? After this it was. <laughs> and it was uh, one of those one of those stupid things like an impulse thing where, you know, cuz it, it was a BMX bike so the brakes were doing the pedals backward, right? You could do the power slide yeah. or whatever. But for whatever reason... Coaster brake is what they're called. Yeah, so but whatever reason, I just thought that I would drag my feet on the ground to slow down. Mm-hmm. After what? After the jump or before the jump? No, there wasn't a jump. It was just going down oh, a steep hill. Oh, you're just going down a hill. And so I'm getting to the bottom of the steep hill, and instead of hitting my brakes, I just start dragging my, my sneakers on the ground to try and slow myself down. How'd and that then work I, out? And then I got front wheel wobble. You got twitch wheel? And then front wheel just goes 90 degrees and I launch over the handlebars and land <laughs> yeah. on my forehead. Yeah, that happened a bunch, a little endo. We had a friend uh, that used to play football with us in the park, real tall dude named Quentin. <laughs> so he's on a 10-speed. But do you remember when you used to raise the 10-speed... The, yeah, reverse of, the horns on you know, it. that move. Mm-hmm. So he he showed up at the park and saw that we had like I guess some they were doing something with the park, so they put a mound of dirt out there. So of course make a ramp out of it. So we were did all that, but then we we're playing football. But, That's his Quentin impersonation. But oh, Quint shows up offensive. and he's like, I'm gonna jump the ramp, and we're like, sweet on your ten speed <laughs> on his ten speed with those little skinny tires, you know, little Schwinn. And he hops the curb and hits the thing, and he is flying down the sit like at this thing. And when he goes up, the thing, the front wheel slams so hard on the ground that the horn things, like they weren't tight enough. So he just kind of they, they gave they hook up underneath him, and he just flies off the top, and the bike is like rolling over him. 
Man, we never laughed so hard in our life. I mean, he was fine, but God, I'm like, I thought you were going to say he died. You need to dress up the end. No, he is dead. But he laughed for a while before. You know you're alive a little bit before you die. So, yeah, he's dead now. He got to experience the joy of laughter Uh before he passed. If you're going to die, wouldn't you want to do it on a... That's what you're going to do. Right? If you're going to die, you may as well do it entertaining your friends. Yeah. How do you want to die, Dave? Have you ever given that much thought? Man, I Um, knew we were going to get here. Man. I would... I'd like to have a heart attack on ecstasy surrounded by whores. You mean like have that have come to visit you in the hospital to say goodbye to you or that they you're in a, a scene you're in a whorehouse on ecstasy. No, 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 no. What I meant to say Jesus, that was what, loud. What I meant no, to, what I, I meant to say is what I meant to say is uh, in hospice in my home with my family surrounding me. Oh. But your family, your family are all family whores. Are whores? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what your I got. family has all turned to prostitution. And, but they to pay for you, my medical bills. To, yeah, <laughs> to pay for your hospital. But they were like, we it's don't want to pay for the medical bills anymore. Give him ecstasy. If it's around the clock, I mean, you gotta, you gotta tug of, on a few. We ran out of morphine. Just give him a tab of ecstasy. <laughs> give him ecstasy and let's go back to uh, having sex for money. <laughs> <laughs> gotta pay these bills somehow. Oldest and you're sitting there immobile, having to watch all your family on their knees around the bed, servicing right. random strangers, and tear just running down <laughs> your cheek. <laughs> you're tripping balls. This is not how I pictured it. Like, man, I'm exhausted. <laughs> okay, so I, I, yes. before we get before we get off rant ticket stuff, I did. Would you whore yourself out? By the way, um, what's the scenario? To, to a man or a woman? And- well, let's say okay, so you are. I don't know. Last I checked, we're heterosexual. Yes. Have you changed that status? Uh, no, I am still heterosexually married. Okay. So we got to go the opposite of whatever you are. Right. Okay. So would I turn tricks with dudes if I was in dire enough financial straits? Is that, or any, any, you're already painting a yes here. Would it, would you for a million dollars? No, for $500,000. Are we talking hange or oral or penetration? What are we doing? I think that. Uh, what do you think, Toby? What's the what's the most biblical here? I mean, you're going to gonna have to go all the way. Receiving. Uh, either both. Receiving. What would be more difficult for you, receiving or giving? In the, that, in the most. The deal intimate is way. is during when you sign up for it, you don't really know what's going to happen, right? So when you sign up for prostitution? Well, I mean, I lay the ground. I don't think they sign up. When when, when I check into the La Quinta, I lay down the ground rules and I say, "This is you this hand is, them a little score this is my, card. This is my safe word. This is the the price menu, and these are the no nos." Mm-hmm. It's like if you're ordering a Bloody Mary, so you can check these boxes. Yeah, no no what, horseradish. Yeah, but you know what I mean. So you're is that you're, on the Bloody Mary yeah. or the La Quinta one? <laughs> So you're Which just, menu we're talking? You're just like, this is the menu. Uh, this one's going to cost you a little extra. Right. What What would be off the menu for you? I think off the menu... Off the menu would be any, uh, any invasion of my body by someone else's body. So you would not perform the... No. The act of I would, admiration I would not, that involves the face? I would not finger cuff one at a time. 
don't even know what that means in this case. That but, was confusing. So you're saying that you would not receive facially or gluteally right another person I, I would I would I would face F someone I would plow oh someone God. these are medical terms that are weird I would uh, I would you know you, milk you, you, yeah do the milking table mm -hmm. with just manual style okay so you would do all that for say a thousand dollars no we're talking five hundred thousand I'm worth it Oh, I think that I've, you would receive it in the face for five hundred thousand. I have practiced though. on myself for a long time. Right, I know what it takes. But I'm saying that for five hundred thousand dollars, I think that you would give a man uh, oral admiration. Is he hot? <laughs> sure. Does that make a difference to yes. you? That does make a difference. Yeah. Okay, so you're not all the way straight. You're fluid. You're fluid. I, There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's 2021. Sure. It is 2021. So, but if you're not all the way straight, then why would you not allow a man to make sweet love to your f facial area for a million dollars? Now we're like now a, we're at a million or five hundred thousand. How much do you have? I have enough. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I sold that house down here. Oh, it's true. <laughs> for, for this offer yeah, that I'm about to make you. <laughs> for what we're doing. This is the reboot uh, of that movie. I mean, I love I'm going to... I love the graphics on the menu you presented. I know. I'm going nice wait, to wait for it to show up in my Venmo before I do anything. <laughs> yeah, I think that your price is much lower than that. $500,000, Dave? You would do anything yeah. with a hot guy. Yeah. With, with a hot guy, I... All night, whatever you want. Okay, whoa, boy. <laughs> what a quick about face that was. So when I Andy, just really had to think about it. So when Andy he's, he's trying to leave, you're begging him to stay. <laughs> no, no, all Where night. Where you going? All let's, night. Let's go have breakfast. The night's not over. <laughs> so when Andy Partridge hears this, because yes. there's been a podcast about him. Uh huh. This when he's the, in the shed, this will be his favorite about part. David La Quinta. <laughs> <laughs> this is laminated menu. <laughs> yeah, you got to laminate with a thing scratched off that says "no face or rear stuff." <laughs> it's scratched out. Yeah, <laughs> he's put it back on menu. I put I put market price next to that. <laughs> market price. <laughs> Choose two sides. Oh <laughs> uh, man! So uh, what are you guys doing? Hey, you know what though? Dave did what he had to do in the orphanage. You so did. you know what? You learned. That's true. That yeah, you, you just gotta have survive. to make it work. You got to survive. You got to survive. If the Monsignor is going to give oh, you extra gruel, you do what it takes. Just, you always just go a little too far. <laughs> no, that's why it's good. Okay, speaking of too far. All right, before <laughs> but before we before we uh, before yep. we decide what we're gonna play next. I did want to, <laughs> I did want to tie a little bow on the rant conversation. Okay. I wanted to ask you mm -hmm. two questions. One, what is your favorite or most memorable rant bit? When you think of the rant, what do you think is peak rant? And on the flip side of that, what do you think is something that was very popular, very uh, notorious from the rant days? that you regret now? 
to be honest, I mean, like, probably most of that stuff I would regret now. Like, most of it I don't know that I would do now. And not just because culture has changed, which it certainly has. But I think, you know, you... I don't know. You know, when you're younger, it's just easier to be more heartless in comedy, you know? And we, we right. were der- definitely that. I mean, heck, we would do stories that involved l- local people who were involved in Fun horrible... Pot. Yes, the horrible circumstances. And somehow they they got worked into bits. But I do remember, like, even as the rant was going on, I was feeling bad about it when it was happening. We had a weird dynamic. We, because you were the envelope pusher. That's I don't know if people remember that. Is that I was kind of the straight man on that show in a way. Because I was always trying to reel you and Corby in. Right, because it was your show. Yes. So my name's on the show, so it's like you guys are we just didn't care. going crazy trying to see if you could get me fired. So I always would play the straight guy. But but yeah, there's there's I'm sure a lot of it doesn't stand up to not only cultural standards, but but probably my own sense of consciousness. Conscience. That's the word I'm looking for. So Sorry, the idea. Maybe maybe really... JFK Jr. Yeah. Yeah, I lingered. My storm cloud lingered over that story a little too long. But you're the one who delivered the knockout punch, but I've had to answer for it ever since. Yeah, because everybody thinks you said it. <laughs> yes. You heard what this guy said. Do you yeah. listen? No, I remember that. That was a good one. <laughs> he had a na- not only a national tragedy, but a family tragedy, <laughs> which the JFK family had experienced. And you had JFK Jr. when he crashed his plane. We had him crashing on land at the time because it was a breaking news story. But that Gay his- head is where the crash occurred. Oh, I thought we were doing La Quinta again. Mm. Uh... No, yeah, you said that his legs compressed back down to the size when he saluted his quote-unquote dead daddy's coffin. And just so much wrong that icky with that. That is not funny, Dave. Well, you gotta... You gotta yeah, like paper mache accordion legs. You gotta, you gotta give a little bit of context because we were talking about if you're in like a, a single-engine aircraft and you, mm-hmm. and you know that you're crashing... Is there a point where you could like bail out and survive? Like just it's like jumping when the elevators fall. Right. right? Yeah. Can, can you jump works. the last second? Can you jump out and like do a barrel roll and be like fine? Yeah. Totally. Absorb the blow and Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so that's when we thought that his, We you thought this. That his his shins would oh, God. fire up through his kneecaps. <laughs> and then he That's why there's all those things size. with the people that stand on the roof of the plane, remember, that would do tricks in the aerial fast. acrobatics. Yeah, that's what he should have done. Because that's how walked you save yourself. Walked out on the, the wing? Well, on the top. If he walked out on the top, you're saying that that could have saved his shins then from firing. Then he can barrel roll right off the. I don't think right off the front. That's possible. That's just what I've heard. What like, you're supposed like whenever, to do. Like whenever, like a ninja is about to be hit by a car and then they jump and the car goes underneath them and then they land. Yeah, it's just science. 
You're saying that JFK should have done a ninja move on top of his plane. Well, it, the Matrix hadn't come out yet, so he probably didn't. Yeah, and they landed in water. He would have been totally legs. He probably didn't know that that was even well, possible. Well, he crashed on the water anyway. Yeah, I mean. so he should have just jumped out. Cannonball. Can or preacher, can opener. Preacher seat right into that thing. Saploosh. <sighs> Once again, we're trying to talk about how things have gotten better. <laughs> And, no one listens to this. And, uh, and the fact know, that he is a human being that had a family, well, most of them are dead, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What was your favorite bit? Like, what makes you <clears throat> s- still giggle if it comes up, if somebody brings it up, or you just randomly think about it? There's, of course, some of these, they're still politically incorrect. Some of the... <laughs> One thing that makes me laugh that didn't make me laugh at the time was the St. Louis train bit because it is still just appalling <laughs> to me. The worst bit ever. It's it's you know this one, Toby. I do not know. So this. oh god, it, it both makes me angry and it makes me laugh now. But at the beginning of the show, we did this story about this children's train at a, like a children's zoo, you know. They have those little trains that the kids get on, Mm -hmm. and the conductor is, you know, some old man who's up there in an engineer hat. That goes like five miles an hour. Yeah, it goes real slow. No, I know. But there was a news story. I think it was in St. Louis, and this children's zoo train. uh, It was a runaway train kind of incident. (laughs) It got going, and they couldn't stop it, and it derailed. How fast can they go? And the thing is, is. I don't remember the actual news story, but there's a good chance that kids would have been hurt on this. But of course, we blew right by that because Dave and Corby smelled comedy in the water. So they went for it and they said, hey, listen, we're going to go in and produce, you know, some audio of this train accident. Like an actuality of what really happened. Yeah. And then we can play it on the air next segment. Sure. I'm like, okay, we got a commercial break coming up. Fine. So we go to a commercial break and... I go and check on them. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're getting it together right now. We're, we're pulling all the sound effects right now and everything. We'll, we'll get it. We'll bring it in as soon as we get it done. And so I'm like, okay. And I go and I start the next segment and keep going. And they, I do 10 minutes by myself. They still haven't come in with this, what's supposed to be a throwaway genius bit, right? And they still haven't come in with it. Do another segment. They're still working on it. Another segment. This goes on for, I swear... An hour and a half. I mean, we're like towards the end of the show. And they still haven't delivered this comedy gold that they are preparing. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, they're both comedically minded people who are layabouts in their private life and drunkards. But when it comes to comedy, they take that kind of seriously. And they're being meticulous in there. They're getting it just right. Mm -hmm. They're getting the train sound perfect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. They might have gone and recorded a real trip. They're going to not, they may have rented some time at Crystal Clear or yeah. somewhere. They they did they're doing something here. So finally, and I'm getting pissed this whole time. I'm like, "Come on, just forget it. Come in the studio, let's do a show." You know, I don't even know what I'm talking about. And so finally they come in with this bit and they play it on the air and it was the worst comedy bit I'd ever heard in my life. There was no punchline. There were no punchlines. There were no laugh points. It was so slapped together. And it it was just Corby doing his old man voice and me doing random animal sounds. He's trying to do animal sounds in the background. And you know what it sounds like? 
Dave doing animal sounds six feet off the mic. Oh, it was just horrible. And I still get pissed when I think about it. Because I was out there tap dancing for my dinner at a million miles an hour. I was looking for a more happy memory. More of a happy memory. (laughs) Well, it's kind of happy because it still cracks me up how insane that situation was that you guys thought it was okay to leave me hanging and then have for half the show or more zero payoff at the end of it <laughs> it was the worst is there any audio of this left Should that existed been? for a while i don't know i don't know the unticket might have it stupid corby who can't change his voice to save his life trying to do an old man he does one look character. at there kids <laughs> There's, look at the yeah. crazy, look at the funny monkeys. And it's the, still Grandpa Corby. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I think to this day, if you talk to, and it's weird because the internet is forever and there is so much rant audio that can be found. There are. That shouldn't be found. There are, Although I have an idea for a rant show. I've talked to you about that before, I think, right? Yeah. But there are kids who maybe weren't even born when the rant was on. That's true. That listen to this old audio of this show from 20, 25 years ago. And the one show that everybody always comes back to is the all in one show, lobster claw, baby arm, Mm -hmm. and the rat that ate the baby's face. Oh jeez, That was all the same same show. Was it the same show as the Chinese Jimi Hendrix? No, that was a different one. That was, was, a, that was a hypothetical. same show as Blood Cannons? No, that was a different hypothetical. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> See, was... what happened to this gold? I know. Where is this? It's it's out there. It doesn't need to be out there. It needs to die. No, it needs but, to. We need new content. But so here's my idea for a show. Okay. I talked to Dave about I want to take the old rant audio, take select pieces of it, Listen to it again with a critical eye, with today's, you know, we talk about how this doesn't fly now. We acknowledge that this happened. And we also talk about our lives and what's happened since then. Because it is interesting to me that we started this show as really young men and that we still are in the same town. I'm still working full time at that station. And hear these pieces of audio from the past that are, some of them still hold up comedically, if not culturally, even if they don't culturally. Right. Almost none of it holds up culturally. Oh, my gosh. It didn't at the time. (laughs) At the time, it was shocking and shouldn't have been on the air. But we had this feeling like it's on Saturday, nobody's listening. And then you get three of us idiots in the same room together, and there's no parent. But that's the best. That's the best audience. It's because that's what they want to hear. They're mowing the lawn. And all they're these like, Thank you know the, God. The, the other show I really remember, Dave, and I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember the guy who called up that was suicidal? I don't know about that one. It's like really real freaky. Suicide? Yeah, this dude was truly suicidal, and he was not calling Dennis up. DeYoung. No, it wasn't Dennis DeYoung. <laughs> he was suicidal, and he said that he was going to kill himself. And I think he said that he was going to do it the night before, but he wanted to hear our show the next morning and just wanted to say that he thanked us and listened to us and, and it's been a good one. And he was going to kill himself like that day. And we were talking with him about this on the air. And then I 
stayed after the show talking with him off the air for like I talked to him through every break because we didn't know when he was going to do this and scared that he was going to do it and then talked to him after the show and everything and I think I heard from him like a year later and he was still alive I don't know what happened after that I mean he's dead now we know well we don't know that but it was a really weird piece of real high stakes radio when he's calling in a suicidal man calling into the three biggest jackasses who didn't have maturity. Yeah. But I think we actually did handle it maturely. I mean, like every once in a while we had moments yeah. where we're kind of like, uh, Will rose Ferrell. to the level of being a human. Well, kind of like Will Ferrell in old school where mm-hmm. we would just suddenly snap into being a normal <laughs> right. human and right. a productive member of society. And uh, you know, like when the, uh, the, the shuttle, exploded over North Texas mm-hmm. that happened during our show mm-hmm. and we went into news coverage we didn't joke we didn't make one single joke about that and we were trying to find sources and we were trying to take calls from people who saw wreckage falling from the sky and I mean we really took it seriously so every once in a while we had it in us but most of the time our base instincts took over well yeah. most of the time it's just a Saturday morning Mm-hmm. And we're wasted. And that's fine. And we're hungover. And everyone's hungover, and they want to hear y'all hungover too. Okay, we have one more <laughs> song to play, and I oh was my God, how long does this thing go on? Well, Toby, edit all this out. Yeah, oh, edit all. Be, edit everything out. It's gonna look. Okay, so just play four so songs. <laughs> so I was, I was going to play a no song. Talking. I was gonna play a song for you that I felt was inspired by the power pop of XTC, mm-hmm. and I felt it had a little bit of a rant tie-in because it's a band that uh, was one of the return cuts that we used to play all the time. It was like a secondary rant theme. Ah, uh, yes. The, the Teenage fl- Fan Club. Yes. Teenage fan- the Teenage Fan Club song, Get Funky. It was like, hello, disco citizens. Mm-hmm. And then it was like just really super guitar and fun. It was only like a minute long. And so I was going to play another song off that record. But now I feel like this, outside of the last 20 minutes, has been very XTC-centric. And so rather than play a non sequitur tune, I want to know what XTC song do you want to hear right this second? Right this second, let's hear Earn Enough For Us. Is that an XTC song I just made up that time? <laughs> yep, it is. Oh, they do have one named that. Okay, cool. Yeah. That is handy. Dang. I told you they, they had a lot of songs. Yeah, a lot of tune. This is off of Skylarking, right? Sounds sound good right? to me. Does that sound right? <laughs> yes. That yes, perfect. that is correct. Well, here it is. On Our, this station. Burn enough for us. Special request goes out to Gordon Key. Stop using that voice. <laughs>
That was good. Now that was eighty six. So we that ended time. up going back in time a little bit. Mm-hmm. I definitely remember that one. Mm-hmm. But I feel good about that, and I remember that song. Do you? And that's a hot one. I mm-hmm. like that one. Yeah. That's, I've never been. I've never been a huge XTC fan. And maybe it was maybe it was Dear God that turned me off because they played that on the edge all the time and yeah. I hated that song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not not for religious reasons. I just I didn't like the concept of it. I didn't like the way it sounded. It just it, it grated on me. Right. And so maybe I'd slotted them unfairly because they have so much gold. I know, and there's so many different kinds of songs. Like that song to me is very similar to kind of that vanishing girl kind of feel to it of a very um i don't know very major key sounding and and then you have stuff like garden of earthly lights or love on a farm boy's wages which we didn't play but um so yeah you'll find stuff that you like in their catalog there dave they've had so much good Mm. stuff well and you know there are bands that came later like teenage fan club or like sloan Mm -hmm. bands that were power pop and maybe didn't necessarily try to emulate XTC, but tried to emulate the Beatles in the way that XTC did. And there's plenty of that stuff that I like. So it's weird that I did have this blind spot for them, but I I'm, I'm going to revisit. Let's wrap this up. So Gordon needs to go home. I need to go pass out. Yeah, I'm you've tired. had a long day. You did morning drive, and now you're doing an evening podcast. You have a concert God, tomorrow. That was today. Yeah, I'm going to go up to Lava Cantina in the Colony and seeing I don't know what slate of bands I'm getting dragged there. Uh, like old school, like cover bands yeah, or yeah. the no, actual no, no, artists. Was, uh, I know one of the bands is Wheatus. Oh, you know, I, I heard. Sang the, yeah, I heard the they sing that Dirtbag song. Yeah, mm-hmm. who who else is on that bill? Everclear, Living Color, Hoobastank, and Wheatus. That is very 90s. Yeah, so enjoy that. Thank you. I shall. All right. Uh, I mean, what do we do? We need to sing it out. Is yeah, it gonna be play singing? the tune. I'm playing. Well, it. Wrap it up. What are you gonna say? Are you gonna say something? Yeah. You can play along with this if you want to. Thank you so much for listening to HQL episode 50, the September 2021 episode. There are 49 other ones of this that are not featuring Gordon Keith, but they're maybe worth checking out if you... Uh, I'm hoping I'll be edited out of this one. Yeah, it's probably going to uh, hurt your reputation to appear on this show. But thank you for being here. I was here for the recording of the first 49 and we edited me out of those, so hopefully you'll continue but thank you for listening to the pod. Please tell a friend. Sorry, I call it pod, Gordon. And thanks to Gordon Keith for taking time out of his busy schedule as a, a multi-million dollar Dallas media magnet to join us on our humble podcast and hang out and play XTC with Toby and I and reawaken XTC as an artist that I need to check out and hopefully for you listeners as well. That's what we're about, is turning you on to new stuff and 
reminding you about old stuff that maybe you haven't listened to in a while, or maybe you didn't give enough time back in the day. That's why we're here, and to drink beer. That was awesome. Thank you, Paul Everett. I love you. Yes, thank you, thank Paul, you Paul Everett, for picking up the phone or thank at least you. calling you back. <laughs> thank you, Bucks Burnett, for having the address. That's right. Oh, God man. Bless. Go oh. visit Bucks uh, 8-Track Museum. Yes, and God bless Andy Partridge. Mm-hmm. Go see him when you're in Surrey. And God rest Dave or Swindon, soul. Swindon Town. Swindon He's still alive. Still He's alive. alive. He's good. Well, still Let alive. him pre-rest. Good night. Bye, Gordon. It's definitely him. I love it. Could that be him?